hello, hello. Once again, thank you so much for joining me at Kopi Events. This is your host, Vance, here as usual every Wednesday at 9 p.m. And I'm back. And today's topic is all about thyroid awareness. And that's a focus that we have in the month of January. And I have two great speakers, um, very knowledgeable, very humble. And um, they are actually quite handsome as well. <laughs> Probably all the ladies out there. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, so today we're going to talk a lot of stuff about the thyroid and um, and then something that we not we don't talk about it very often, unless you know there's some kind of signs or presentation that comes in, then we start to you know wonder what's happening and then we go to the, the doctor. I think so. We we have a different speakers here, and one is a general surgeon, he's a consultant as well who does full thyroidotomy, and then we have Dr. Ben Ng, who's an endocrinologist, who's going to talk a lot about stuff. But it's just going to do a quick introduction. On the thyroid itself it's actually a kind of a butterfly shape and that's what i know of and it just sits at the back of the neck it is responsible for many functions especially crucial to human health and the rest of the informations like the hormones the tyrosines the the medications and hypothyroidism or hypothyroidism all these stuff i will leave it to the experts i'm going to invite dr ben uh, endocrinologist hello sir good good evening vans good evening so how are you today I'm okay. I'm okay. Only the part about you saying handsome, you know. I think I think the screen has a problem. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean that's a honest thing I'm giving. But probably the next speaker is going to come out. I think he's way much more handsome than the both of us. Don't you agree that? No objection. Yeah, we are. We yeah, we are. Uh, we have um, Dr. J. D. Rao. Hello, sir. How are you there? Hi. Good evening. Uh, there's one thing that I don't uh, try to dispute is a, a bad or a wrong rumor. So if there's a wrong rumor that's uh, going, but it's in my favor, well, so be it. So definitely you are popular. Good to see you, Good to see you Vance. Good to see you, Dr. Thank ben. You. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much to the both doctors. Um, like I said, always in my talk shows, whenever a doctor comes in, they put a lot of effort, their time. Probably you should be resting. I can see from the faces of yours, you both had a very long day as well. Uh, that's that's for sure, right? Um, but I'm just going to jump into the topic itself because um, the month of January, it's all about thyroid. Um, I'm, I'm going to pose the first question to Dr. Ben itself. Dr. Ben, I mean, we, we know, I mean, that is your expertise. Um, before we even want to get started up, do you want to just talk a little bit on the, on the thyroid itself, sir? Yeah, well, I think the in simple thing, I think you you've given an excellent introduction to the thyroid. The first thing is that the thyroid is a butterfly-shaped gland. It's just in the front of your neck here, and sometimes you actually put both your finger, both your hands uh, on your neck, and you swallow. Sometimes you can actually feel it, and it's not an uncommon thing. Um, the thyroid has only one main function: is to produce thyroxine which is the hormone, thyroid hormone. And this is where there's, if you Google thyroid hormones, you get about a million hits because there's a lot of interest in it. Uh, thyroxine is basically something that controls metabolism. So ultimately, it's an energy hormone and it affects practically every part of your body. It's important for metabolism, which is energy utilization. It helps the heartbeat. It helps bone health. It helps the gut. So it, is, it has multiple functions. And I think when you come down to Thyroid Awareness Month, it's important to appreciate the fact that thyroid conditions are common. They say that up to 16% of women have a thyroid problem sometime in their lifetime. 
So it's a very, very common thing. The other thing to say is that um, it's a, almost predominantly a women-related problem. Um, there are 11 women to one man. So it's, it's, it's quite a, it's common, but it's predominantly uh, affects women. Now, the other thing which I think causes a lot of confusion because a lot of my patients come in and this is where the differentiation between myself and Dr. Rao happens is that when people come in and they say, hey, doctor, I got a thyroid problem. What they don't understand is essentially, very broadly speaking, you divide thyroid problems into two types. One is the thyroid function. In other words, the inability for the thyroid to work properly and a problem with the thyroid structure. In other words, the shape or something's inside the thyroid. And this is where the differentiation between myself and Dr. Jaidi Rao is. I deal with the problems within the function of the thyroid. In other words, as people in the audience, we may have heard, oh, my thyroid is too high, is too low, uh, is inflamed. And issues like that is where the remit of an endocrinologist comes in. We treat and we try to normalize thyroid function. However, when there's a problem with the structure, there's a nodule, there's scarring and so forth, then occasionally surgical therapy is required. That's where Dr. Jaidi Rao is coming. So in simple things, again, the difference between function and, uh, and structure, for example, you can always hurt your hand. You know, you can have an injured hand. The hand looks normal, but it doesn't work very well. You know, so it, it, it doesn't always have, it, it can be linked sometimes, but there, there, are, there are differences between the two problems and, they, they, and you need different specialities to look through them. You know, you know Dr. Ben, um, we, I mean, coming from the uh, expertise of your field, I mean, from the endocrinologist, um, we, we often hear this, right? It regulates the body metabolic rate, uh, the controlling of the heart rate, you know, that's a bit scary. Muscle digestion, function, brain development, and even bone maintenance. So with such a big spectrum, I mean, we're definitely going to go back to Dr. Rao in a while on the thyroidectomy. But in your words, I mean, how do you... You know, how do you manage this? This seems like a big puzzle that you have to put everything in one piece to make sure that there are so many tests have to be done. How do you arrange this or how do you go about that, Doc? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question in a, in a rapid, uh, in, 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 in a short space of time. But I think the challenge is as follows. I think when you look at the thyroid functional issue, you start from the beginning and you say, is there a disease process? You go through, you talk to the patient, you find out. Because when you talk about function, you have to understand that when I say, oh, high thyroid, low thyroid, it's a lot more complicated than that. Because if you talk about function of a hormone, for example, it's not very different from vision. It's not I can see or I'm blind. That, that would be very straightforward, but it doesn't work like that. It's I can see, but I can see not very well. I'm long-sighted, I'm short-sighted, I'm very short-sighted. And it's the same with thyroid function. If your thyroid is borderline high, it's very high. There are many degrees of that. And obviously, the worse it is, the very high and very low, the more symptoms you get and the more it can affect your health. The, the, the challenge in treating thyroid is to really find out at what level do you need to treat. And another example, uh, which is similar to it, is like blood pressure. Many, I'm sure many people in the audience say that, oh, doctor told me I got blood pressure. But not everyone receives medication. Because ultimately, the time to treat must, the, the treatment must benefit the patient. And this is where the challenge comes in. You don't owe oh, every low thyroid, let's give medicine. Every high thyroid, we give medication. 
so to answer your question in an indirect form, you're right, it affects a lot of things. The worse the thyroid is, very high or very low, then the more likely the org other organs are going to be significantly affected, then we treat. So uh, I think this, the, the, the challenge of any physician when they see a thyroid is to look at a number, look at a patient and decide, listen, maybe I can hold off for a while. Maybe we can try lifestyle treatment or we have to treat. And how long and how much to treat is the next challenge. Thank you, doctor. Uh, we will definitely will come back again with more. But I know this, this topic, we can talk for days and days because it is not just taking care of one element. It's going into different spectres. But I'm going to cut short that. I'm going to go to uh, Dr. J.D. Raj Rao. Sir, you know, um, you are the guy who's, I mean, probably I would love to go out at dinner with you. And I want to see how do you actually cut the, you know, the chicken or whatever, the meat there. I think that will be a very precise, I mean, I do believe that there's a lot of practices that you put in. Uh, but what is thyroctomy? And I'm sure a lot of women out there or even men out there, whoever that went through this, they know about it. But in your words, what do you call a thyroctomy is all about? Yeah. Thanks, Vance. Uh, I, I would uh, also like to have dinner with you sometime. This almost looks like we're asking each other out on a date. But uh, <laughs> that aside... Uh, I'm not sure whether you really want to see me cut, uh, you know, vegetables and, and things like that. Uh, I always get reminded, of course, of my uh, mom who always makes fun when I cut my vegetables. She says, be careful, it's a very sharp knife. And I have to look at her with an eyes roll to, to say, well, well you know, every day I use very sharp knives. So, uh, but yes, coming to uh, thyroidectomy, uh, essentially thyroidectomy is removal of the, the thyroid gland. Uh, but again, uh, this is um, can be either what we call as partial, where we remove a part of it, or we do uh, remove most of it, what we call a subtotal, or we remove the entire gland, uh, which is called total thyroidectomy. Uh, as you know that this is a butterfly shape, so we have the right side, we have a left side, and there's a connecting bridge, which is called as the isthmus. So... I think as what, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Bannon put it very, uh, very simply and very clearly, uh, essentially the thyroid gland can be divided into two issues, which is the functional issue and once the structural issue. And most of the thyroid issues are actually handled by an endocrinologist like uh, Dr. Ben. Uh, and because the most common uh, presentations of patients is whether they have a, you know, hyper-functioning thyroid or a hypo or a low functioning thyroid now most of the times this can be sorted out with medications and which i think uh, dr ben will talk about later but when there is an issue for example there are thyroid nodules and when it comes to this thyroid nodules that's where the the surgeon comes into the picture to decide whether this nodule needs to be taken out or not so in sometimes this thyroid uh, functioning, for example, a hyper-functioning thyroid gland can be a result of a nodule that is uh, overacting and it produces excessive uh, you know, hormone, the thyroxine hormone, and this results in certain problems like, you know, patient's heartbeat goes up, their blood pressure goes up, you know, they lose weight, they lose appetite and things like that. And if this nodule is hyper-functioning, then even with a high amount of medication, we are not able to keep that thyroid level under control. 
and that's where you know someone like dr ben will refer this patient to me to see whether that nodule can be uh, removed of course the main concern for us always is the fact whether these nodules are cancerous and that's one of the main indications uh, for which we actually remove uh, a thyroid gland so in a sense uh, thyroidectomy is removal of either a part or a you know total uh, of the thyroid gland thank you uh, dr jdeep rao thank you sir for that um, we'll come back to dr ben um, dr ben what are the symptoms that increase or decrease in the thyroid activities um, okay. we can um, even yeah, we, we talked about it briefly. Essentially, again, going back to the basics, um, thyroid is an energy hormone. It's a metabolic hormone. So the symptoms you have, again, depends on the degree. Um, if you go to Google now, you find a high thyroid. You get a classical fast heart rate, weight loss, tremors, and palpitations. When you have a low thyroid and your metabolic rate is low, you're tired and weak and you gain weight and so forth. The important thing to appreciate, number one, is it's not always classical. The, so I've seen patients with very high thyroid and don't feel anything. And similarly, I've seen patients with low thyroid and don't feel anything. And there's everything else in, in between as well. Many patients have what we call subclinical disease. In other words, you can see some abnormalities within the blood test, but they don't really have any symptoms. So I think it's very important when you talk about the symptoms of increase and decreased thyroid, there are some classical symptoms, but the problem is usually these are quite extreme. Um, the more subtle ones happen uh, when you're just a bit off, you're a bit tired, uh, intermittent, some palpitations and all that. And the problem in many cases when it comes down to thyroid is that the problem happens very slowly. So many patients can have thyroid for months and months and months. And then because they, their symptoms develop so slowly, think, I am just getting older. I'm just stressed at work. And that's the, the thing that's causing the problem. Um, so it's important to, I suppose, listen to your body uh, because the, the symptoms can be quite subtle. Uh, you, you muted yourself. Thank you. Um, you know, Doc, um, Dr. J.D. Brow, uh, we, we talked about this um, thyroidotomy, the full thyroidotomy, removal of the whole uh, thyroid gland. But, you know, in some cases, there's only the surgeon decides that of course with the patient as well, they only remove partial for some reasons. They also want to leave it there. But some feels that it could be cancerous or maybe it can reoccur back and they remove fully as a thyroidotomy. So is there any options for people? I mean, say they know I want to keep partial of that. At least I want to keep partial of that working rather than taking fully out and then relying on medication for the rest of my life. So there's some used there used to be a little bit of a confusions in the past. What is your take on that, doctor? Yeah, so usually um the type of surgery that we'll do is uh, dependent on the pathology of the, the thyroid gland. So, uh, for example, sometimes uh, a thyroid gland is enlarged. And when we do the commonest investigation that we would actually do to look at the anatomical uh, part of the thyroid and any abnormality would be an ultrasound of the thyroid. Uh, and if you need to do more, then we would either do a CT scan or an MRI or sometimes if you're looking for cancer, then it would be a PET scan. Now, in this, the simplest uh, pathology would be a thyroid cyst. Uh, a cyst that is actually increasing in size, which contains inside what is called as a colloid, which is 
um, you know, one of the some of the cells that don't function and goes to sleep. And if this cyst is there, uh, sometimes a simple situation is actually just aspiration of that cyst. So we just, under an ultrasound guidance, we just use a needle and we'll be able to aspirate that cyst. Of course, this is done uh, mostly for cosmetic purposes because usually these cysts are harmless, but because it is, you know, it, it's, uh, it's something on the neck and it looks like a big nodule on the neck and a simple aspiration is good enough. Of course, always in the back of our mind, we want to rule out any cancer. Again, sometimes uh, we get, um, you know, sometimes a nodule in the thyroid gland. Now, if the nodule is located either in one of the lobes, so we have the right lobe, we have the left lobe, or we have the isthmus in between, then there is an option to actually just remove that part of the gland. In a worst case scenario, if it's if we do take it out and we find that, uh, so what we do before that is, if there is a nodule, again, we would do what is called as a FNAC or fine needle aspiration. And in the fine needle aspiration, we want to see whether this is cancerous or not. So if it is not cancerous, then of course, we would just take out that nodule and that would be good enough uh, and we don't need to remove the entire thyroid gland. Again, if this particular one nodule is hyperfunctioning, then just by removing that nodule itself, we would have cured the patient and they don't need to remove the entire thyroid gland. But when we do that FNAC, if you do find out that it's cancerous, or sometimes when we do the FNAC, we may not be able to get the exact diagnosis. In such a situation, we would need to remove that nodule and we intraoperatively, we would send it for something called as a frozen section and we would see whether this is cancerous or not. If it is cancerous, usually we would need to remove the entire thyroid gland unless it's a really small, you know, less than a centimeter, uh, you know, uh, cancer, then, then it's okay. There's an option to actually preserve some thyroid gland, but usually otherwise, then we would remove the entire thyroid gland. But again, cancers of the thyroid gland are not so uh, common. Most of the time, especially in Singapore, we remove it for nodules. So it's either a single nodule or it's multiple nodules. Again, if multiple nodules is located in one end of the lobe, we can actually just take that out. So it's on a case-by-case -case basis. It depends on the pathology of uh, you know where it's located. And depending on whether there is a functioning or non-functioning, then we would actually discuss this together with the endocrinologist and plan out uh, the surgery for the patient. Thank you, doctor. Um, Dr. Ben, I mean, of course, we, we do see this. Uh, I mean, I do see these cases quite often. People get very fatigued, very tired, long hours of sleeping. Even they wake up in the morning, they feel very lethargic. Sometimes they say, oh, you know what? I'm not enough food or I'm just not enough rest. Uh, probably my minerals and vitamins are not there. So it is a kind of a, it is a certain kind of a presentation to, to categorize into these two categories of hyper or hypo, unless I come and check. So when will I know what are the parameters I have? The, uh, the excellent question. We, we touched on it the last time. The, the main issue in many situations, they, again, they are, they are classical symptoms and they are not so classical symptoms because, again, the condition can develop quite subtly. But classical symptoms of hypothyroidism, remember, I think for in, in simple terms, always remember it's metabolically related. Hypo means your thyroid levels are underactive. So when your metabolic rate is very low, you feel very tired. 
you tend to gain a bit of weight. In women especially, they tend to lose their periods. They have changed in their bowel habits. They have increased hair loss. So that's one of the mechanisms. Hyperthyroid is, again, the opposite where you have an overactive thyroid or a very high metabolic rate. So when that happens, you know, if you're very anxious and so forth, that's that same kind of feeling. You feel very sweaty. Your heart goes very fast. You feel a bit of tremor in your hands. Uh, your bowels, again, get affected. You can get a bit of joint pains. So these are all potential causes that you have. And I think the message is it can be quite subtle. So I think it's important, again, listen to your body. If you think there's something wrong, remember, it's not always thyroid, although it can be a relatively common condition. Uh, do see a doctor if you have anything, any of these symptoms and get it investigated. And then also, doctor, I mean, for um, Dr. Rao, probably, I've, both of you all have seen these cases many of a time. But uh, Dr. Rao, you know, you know, it, it's pretty difficult to breathe with a nodule. I mean, because of the congestion in your throat area and your windpipe and kind of stuff. Um, is there also be a cool way, reason where people delay this operation? And so what? I probably wait for another one year or two year. Or maybe they go into different remedies of different medications out of the medical science. Um is there, I mean, of course, I wouldn't be asking is, is this good or bad, but in the aspect, is it okay to delay the process of this full thyroidectomy or even partial thyroidectomy or partial removal of it? Well, uh, usually we would not recommend uh, to delay uh, you know, the process of actually diagnosing the condition. And once we diagnose the condition, if we require any intervention, then, of course, we we don't want it to be delayed. So, of course, the alarming symptoms of, the you know, thyroid gland is, of course, a swelling that is there. Uh, but... You're right that a lot of, uh, uh, you know, people, they just the Wi-Fi connection is a bit of a dismiss it as well. Okay, the neck is thickened. And sometimes, you know, people are on, a, they weigh a bit more heavy and they, they have a lot of neck fat and then they don't pay attention to it and then they feel they just gain weight. And they delay their. <laughs> He's doing. A, I think uh, you got a Wi-Fi connection issue because we are getting like ten seconds uh, delays, dog. Doctor Rao. So-called treatment or diagnosis until you know they have some difficulty no. in swallowing. Uh, some difficulty in in breathing. Okay, we lost him. Yeah. Or, or there is. Doctor Rao. I think we lost him. Yeah. Coming back. Okay. Uh, well, uh, well, we wait for Doctor Rao. Oh, sorry. Yeah. some hoarseness of voice so uh, you know if you have a... can no, no. you hear me 
<laughs> yeah, but we are hearing 10 seconds delayed. So I'm sorry because whatever you have said earlier was partially absorbing, but then partially we are not understanding. Hello? So yeah. Yeah. Is it better right now? Can you can you can you respond right now? Okay, now uh, Dr. Rao, we will come back to you in a while. Uh, I'm gonna go back to Dr. Ben and then um we will we will just push it on there, right? Um, Dr. Ben, I know there are a few tests. Um, these numbers probably you are like, you know, you see it's like like having a coffee every day. But the TSH is a bit interesting, I find it. The thyroid simulating hormone, the stimulation. Um, you know, how often these tests should be done on a on a on a humans or, or we like for myself, how often should I do these tests? Well, I think for yourself, the remember, first of all, risk factors. I think that thyroid is a relatively common condition. Therefore, I think in the absence of symptoms, it should be done along with your health screening. So I think every year or so is not unreasonable to do that. Um, Sorry. If you're planning... Did you... Did he... Did he... <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> Doc, we, are losing, we have lost you. Can you ask? You want to try logging in again? Try logging in again. Okay. Okay. All right, Doc. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think we should do it uh, along with your health screening. However, uh, remember, if you start having symptoms and all that, or particularly in ladies, if you have a family history of thyroid, you've had thyroid problems before, or if you're trying to get pregnant, checking your thyroid levels often, every six months or so, is very, very helpful. At least you know where you stand. I think that from with regards to thyroid disease, remember that the results can be subtle, but especially in the, it's a predominantly women-related problem. Uh, it's very important, as you correctly pointed out just now, for brain development of a child. So uh, we have to make sure at circumstances like that that the um, that the thyroid has to be very well controlled, not just just borderline and so forth. It has to be very well controlled. So. For women who are planning to get pregnant, definitely check it once. If you have a previous history um, of thyroid disease, check it regularly. Uh, and for others, just check it annually, all along with your health screening or if you develop symptoms. So um, this test should be done on a yearly basis. But um, how about, you know, doctor, you know, those uh, just thinking that, you know, I'm tired, I'm not rest. I mean, I'm repeating the same thing. But why am I asking that is I think a lot of people are trying to go and do their own recoveries and you know like you said the information out there in the google is so much you know why am i feeling tired so there's another list of words that's going to come in not enough water not enough sleep you know so they're trying to do this diagnosis on the own on, on their own self and i feel that you know sometimes it could be dangerous because you're delaying the process especially like mm -hmm. for thyroid nodules or goiter because your neck start to swells up and then they say oh probably it's eaten and you know they give some kind of excuses so that could be also be dangerous doing self-diagnosis what is your take in that doc i mean the problem with thyroid disease is that uh, as we mentioned it affects all parts of the body and the issue is that is that uh, everyone and the most common is they come and say, doctor, I'm gaining weight, must be my thyroid. I think that so I think a balance has to be struck here. It's very important that, you know, uh, if you think you have a problem, please see a doctor. But um, at the same time, it's also not to be too extreme and blame everything on the thyroid. I mean, this is how I would advise anyone to approach a thyroid condition. Um, first of all, 
if you have a funny thyroid result or you think you have a thyroid disease or you, you've got family history and all that, start from the basics. Question one, do you have a thyroid disease? You can remember there are fluctuations of the thyroid level. It can fluctuate up and down depending on what you do when you're excited and all that. When you're sick, it can go up and down. Is there a disease process? Is there some inflammation? Is there some nodules? Is there something that's causing the thyroid to be abnormal? Once you ask, and if the answer is no, then there's no treatment required there. If the answer is there's some kind of thyroid disease, then measure the time in which you need to actually intervene, yes or no. If you have a nodule there, you know, how big is it? Is it growing? Is it serious? If you have a, if it's high or is it low, how high is it? Does it need to be treated? Can we hold on for a while? Uh, what are the circumstances? You want to get pregnant, then you may need to treat it. Uh, if it's borderline, maybe we wait and see, you know, uh, maybe we try and um, uh, uh, treat for a couple of months. So that each condition and each presentation is different. So I think it's very, very important not to just rely on the blood tests per se. The important thing for anyone listening out there, if you have an abnormal thyroid level, remember that when you are checking that thyroid level, I'm not even saying whether you have a disease or not, you are measuring your thyroid function at that time. In other words, if you're running on a treadmill, you got a high fever and you check your thyroid levels, your thyroid levels are going to be high. Why? Because your metabolic rate is high and that's a normal phenomenon. So don't base everything on one result and say, oh my goodness, my TSH is very low, it's very high, I got disease. Go back to the basics. I got an abnormal thyroid. What caused it? Is it physiological? Was I unwell that day? Which is possible. Could it just be fluctuating at a borderline level? Or do I actually have a disease? If you have a disease, then that needs to be looked at. Thank you, doctor. Um, Dr. JB Rao, <laughs> Mr. JT Rao, doctor, we, we lost you for a while. Are you able to hear us now, doc? Doc? <laughs> He's slowly. Okay. <laughs> I think now it's more than 10 seconds right now. Okay. Uh, okay, Doctor Ben. I think we have to because maybe just, we tell him to use the use his four G. Yeah, yeah, maybe I, think, yeah, no, I, I, already, I already informed him. Yes, yes. Um, I've been able to. Yeah. Can you hear me? I think. Um, yeah. Yes, we can. But now it's like twenty seconds. You can hear me, yeah. <laughs> I can hear you. Oh. But we got, but we got to wait for about twenty seconds before you get the answers, and then um, we have to wait. So it's uh, more than twenty seconds. Maybe it's your connection, Doc. Maybe you want to check that out first. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, we will. <laughs> so, like, the, 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 the more question questions. Are you know, yeah, I'm trying to uh, recover on yeah. that. Uh, then the, Very well. Doc, okay. Just, okay. Oh, yes. So, your connection. Okay. There you go. Okay, so now at least Dr. Ben can uh, have a little break. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so Doc, the, the, the previous question that we were posting to you, ah, we see that. Okay, JR Surgery, Arden. Okay, that's uh, Dr. J.D. Rao from there, Mount Elizabeth, Novena. So it, it seems like you have to behind your logo, then the connection is stronger. <laughs> well done. And to be very honest, you are way much more brighter now. So, you know... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, 
we were we were at the topic of uh, nodules. You, you were mentioning about you know rather than doing a full thyroidotomy based on situations and based on you know patients and what is the cause of it is it cancerous you know biopsies and all to be done but you know it, it's for some uh, i know a few cases that uh, my friends that they did a full thyroidotomy all right um so it's lifelong have to go on medication so that could be a, another worry another anxiety there's also a, a study shown that people who are going to go for surgery sometimes they go into uh, extreme sense of anxiety and depression. I'm sure you have faced that as well with your patients. Um, so, you know, whole, what will your recommendation be, Doc? I mean, how do you take it step by step? So I think the, the one thing to um, remember is that most of the thyroid uh, disease, or for example, let's talk about thyroid cancer. Uh, the most common thyroid cancer is what we call as a papillary cancer of the thyroid. And that is probably one of the cancers with the best prognosis. So if you ask me that if you had a choice to choose one cancer, if God or the devil said you need one cancer, you just choose one cancer that you want, then the best cancer would be a papillary cancer or a follicular thyroid cancer because this is uh, slow growing. And just with the removal of you know uh, the thyroid gland, you could get very good prognosis and more than 95% completely cure rates. So yes, in when the thyroid when the cancer is slightly larger and you have to remove the entire thyroid gland, it's still not too bad because you can still take just one tablet a day supplementation, you know, and, and then still it's okay. So it's one of the uh, surgeries with the least morbidities uh, and the great best prognosis. So we have a lot of patients who have had these cancers and we've operated on and, you know, they've lived after that, you know, completely cured. So that's the, the good side of uh, it. Of course, nobody wants to have cancer and no, that's the, the worst word. The C word is like the most uh, taboo word. But if at all in the body, this is probably one of the, the better. Of course, there is a small, another type of cancer of the thyroid called anaplastic, which is, you know, quite bad and very uh, aggressive. But thankfully, it's uh, very, very rare. And we don't see that very often. And more than 95% of the thyroid cancers are, are papillary cancers, which have got good prognosis. Maybe I, I pose this question to the both experts here. Uh, doctors, I mean, why exactly a goiter comes in or why exactly a, a, a nodules comes in? Is there any particular reason? Is it because of stressful lifestyle or is it because of the food or because of hereditary that they don't pass it down? Is there any particular reasons why someone will have uh, these two symptoms? Essentially, from my perspective, the most common reason that uh, why you develop uh, thyroid nodules is from an inflammatory process. Remember when we first divided the thyroid problems out to a functional problem and a structural problem, the mechanism on how, why most people develop thyroid uh, 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 functional problems is due to an inflammatory process. We call that an autoimmune process. So ultimately what happens is the body produces antibodies that attack the thyroid gland. And when that happens, when you attack anything, it gets swollen. 
and when it have when when it swells up, you call that a goiter. So essentially, if you go and look at some ladies who have thyroid disease, in their neck is just a bit swollen, and that's simply what you call a goiter. Now, in many cases. Uh, because of the inflammatory process, if you cut yourself or you hurt yourself and so forth, you'll realize that there's a bit of fibrous tissue and so forth. And this is literally what we call thyroid nodules. These are areas of inflammation which have cleared up and have healed. And this is where you get this scarring process. And many of these appear as nodules on ultrasound. Uh, the other times, and I, I don't know whether Dr. Jaibi has anything else to add to it, is that it, sometimes they just happen as you get older, you form nodules, uh, it runs in the family, and uh, it's just one of those things that happen. It, it's a common enough finding, 12 to 15% of ladies have, goit, uh, multi -no have nodules in the, in the thyroid. And it's not usually something you worry about. It's common to have things like uh, in ladies, when you do breast ultrasounds, mammograms, and uh, the breast nodules, nodules in the lung, they, they, are, they are a normal finding. Thank you, Doctor. Um, doctor, when you talk about these surgeries, especially for full thyroidectomy, it's a major... Do you call it a major surgery? Yeah, well, kind of, yes, I would say. Um, and the recovery period, Doc, pre or post, in fact, more about post, because pre is about you're preparing them psychologically, physically, you know, mentally. I think that's very important. But what is the recovery period that we are talking about after these uh, surgeries? Actually, this uh, surgery has evolved over the, the years. Um, and now, actually, this surgery is very, very safe. Uh, and the surgery can be done, uh, you know, very, very safely. The, the recovery period is very fast because it involves uh, a, a tiny uh, incision, you know, uh, along the, the neck. Nowadays, also, we can do this uh, in an endoscopic manner with a keyhole uh, surgery or even robotic surgery. Uh, but even if you do it in the traditional manner, which is like making it a transverse cut, uh, the surgery is relatively uh, so-called with a very low rate of complications. And usually the patient is all worked up beforehand. Uh, usually they get admitted on the day of the surgery undergo the surgery and usually the next day or the day after that they can actually go home so if you take out just a part of the thyroid gland the next day they can really uh, go home uh, with no issues at all if you remove the the full gland also actually they can go back only if they have been having some thyroid fluctuations usually we'll keep them for a day or two uh, to make sure that they stabilize so usually it's done with a multidisciplinary. So usually an endocrinologist like Dr. Ben would monitor this and see how uh, the hormones act after the surgery. But most of the time, they just need to stay for a day or two after surgery and, and they can go back home. And uh, Dr. One more for you also the same, um, a, a bit a little different on that. Um, when you talk about these um, recovery periods and also um, does women see most of the time they have these issues or men? Because Dr. Ben mentioned it was woman, right, Dr. Ben? Correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's more for the woman. Does men also have a certain percentage on this? Yeah, so uh, thyroid disease is specific, more commonly seen in, in women. But we do see even uh, occasionally, we do see men having these problems. And classically, they have, you know, nodular. Usually when we see a nodule in, in men, we are a bit more uh, concerned. Uh, and, and we want to make sure that it's not, you know, cancerous. 
Whereas in, in women, it's a very common uh, disorder, but most of the time they are not, you know, cancerous. They are mostly just, you know, hormonal fluctuations, physiological, um, and, you know, so they have multinodular goiter or single goiter, and usually this less uh, serious when, as compared to men. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, Dr. Ben, I got one more last question for you and also for Dr. Jadeep. And uh, I think we we are, we are almost at 45 minutes. And some of the viewers actually um, typing the comments in another Facebook account in my personal one, which is good, but I will not be able to bring it out to the doctors because you are posting there. So I kindly suggest that you post it in the copy events uh, Facebook so that I can bring it to the doctors as well. Because some of the viewers has already said thank you, good presentations, and so on and so forth. Um, Dr. Ben, you know, if someone have done a full thyroidotomy and the person has a diabetes, um, is it considered a very crucial part where that particular person have to take charge of their life? Well, I, um, let's start by saying that I think you, for both thyroid and diabetes separately, you need to take charge of your life. But I think <laughs> the uh, to answer it another way, the problem is that thyroid and diabetes are very closely linked. Remember, uh, we talked about this before. Diabetes is a metabolic problem. Is your body's inability to use energy properly, in this case, sugar. And thyroid hormones is a metabolic hormone too. So ultimately, people with severe thyroid disease uh, can have problems with cholesterol, with sugar, with blood pressure, regardless of diabetes. So if you're looking at someone who has had a thyroidectomy, uh, by the Dr. Jaidi, for instance, then the metabolic rate is already affected. And no matter what you say, and, and I think this is quite clear, um, no matter how good your endocrinologist is, if you have a thyroidectomy, you are underactive. We will try our best to replace your thyroid to the best we can, but nothing does it quite as well as God, the one God gave you. So our replacement will not be perfect. So there will be increased risk. It may be a bit harder to control your cholesterol and sugar as compared to before, but these are just things. And I think, therefore, it's very important that if you're considering a thyroidectomy, speak to a good surgeon like Dr. Jaideep Rao. Find out why you need it. Sometimes you do need it and the benefits outweigh the risks, but don't remove it if you think that maybe you can conserve half of it or maybe you can just observe. There are many, many different indications and you have to be sure what you're doing. Thank you, Doctor. Um, one last question for Dr. Jadeep. Um, doctor, I mean, if someone walks into your clinic and, and, and probably they already know they have a symptom, or is there that a, a particular way that you diagnose a person with a situation? What is the kind of evaluation that you do? Yeah, so most uh, of the, the patients who come, usually actually they are referred uh, by the endocrinologist because uh, we know usually patients have some symptoms uh, they either have, you know, a swelling in the neck and then usually they have either functional uh, problem where the thyroid hormone is up or down. But usually when they refer to us, usually almost always they'll have a nodule or, or something in the neck. So how we usually the algorithm we go is that we find out what this swelling is. Now, if it is a diffuse enlargement of the thyroid, uh, like Dr. Ben suggests, this is mainly due to an inflammation uh, and, and usually because of the swelling and usually when the swelling and the inflammation subsides, usually it will go up. So usually very seldom there's any indication for surgery for a diffuse swelling. Next would be that if there is multiple nodules in the thyroid. 
again, if the, there are multiple nodules in the thyroid, usually with an ultrasound, we'll be able to see whether any of these nodules are suspicious or they are just benign. And if you have any suspicion for any nodule, we would usually use a needle to uh, find needle to actually aspirate to test to see whether any suspicious features are there. Or we would actually do a surveillance and, and, and see them again with a repeated ultrasound to see whether these nodules are increasing in size. Many times, sometimes you'll see a nodule, but after like three months or four months or six months, when we repeat an ultrasound scan, these nodules have actually decreased in size. And that's because these, as the hormone function goes up and down, and this is related to you know the cyclical functions in women and also actually even in, in men, that these nodules can be hyperactive, active, or even dormant. Uh, and so we find that these nodules are smaller in size and then we don't need to do anything about it. But if there is a, a persistent nodule, if this nodule is increasing in size, if there is any suspicious features in these uh, nodules, like it's a bit hard, there's some calcification in it, uh, it is irregular, uh, and if the, the fine needle aspiration shows some atypical cells, then we would uh, discuss the possibility of doing uh, surgery. Uh, now again, as I said before, if there is a single nodule in a particular lobe, then we can actually just remove that part and, and then see what the, the pathology is. And then depending on that, we can do. Usually, we'll always try to conserve as much of the thyroid gland as possible because, uh, you know, this will make the patient less dependent upon hormones and there's an, the normal functioning can still continue uh, in the future. Of course, if there is, you know, uh, some cancer and stuff like that, then there's no choice. Then we would have to remove the entire gland. Thank you, Dr. J.D. Brow, sir. Thank you very much. And also to Dr. Ben, I think... Um, we, we, we covered a lot. I know these topics is not just a simple topic because we, we, we can go even more deeper on that, the kind of details, because it, it controls the whole body. Uh, Dr. Ben, you have said it very clearly because of the thyroid, your bone mass, your muscles, your heart. It looks like it's a main nerve center compared to the brain as well because these guys actually uh, rather controlling everyone in the body. It's like a, a, a conductor in a symphony. Can I say that? Or your brain... You, you can. The problem is you can say that for a lot of other <laughs> things in the body as well. But you're right. I mean, the thyroid is a common problem. Uh, I think it's very important to appreciate. First of all, it's common, but not that common. Um, I think uh, from my perspective, the, there are two bits. One of it, please don't look and they blame everything on the thyroid level, the thyroid gland. At the same time, don't ignore uh, abnormalities within the thyroid itself. It can be serious. It, it, the the, the health, health issues can be catastrophic if you leave it. But at the same time, mild disease is common. And don't blame everything on it. If you're tired and your thyroid is borderline, it may not be the thyroid. It could be something else. So do look around and speak to your doctor if there's any concerns. Thank you, Dr. Ben, for that. And um, Dr. J.D. Rao, I mean, like I said, we have to go for dinner. Yes, you should um, that this could be a thyroid issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I just say, Doc, I think we have to go for a dinner because I need to see how you precisely doing it, uh, how precise and how carefully you're doing it. You know, uh, I think it, it requires a huge amount of practices and, and, and I think all the human life depends on the doctors. I mean, at certain point of time, right? Because you really, 
it's like angels, like I always says in my talk shows. Thank you so much, doctor. I mean, I know the both of you are exhausted from a long day at clinics and hospitals with your routines and kind of stuff. But with that, despite that, you also spend good 50 minutes with us on the Thyroid Awareness Month. And um, it's, it's been a pleasure to have the both of you. Thank you so much, Dr. Benz. Thank you so much, Dr. Jadip. Oh, and uh, probably we will meet up for a coffee or copy with Vents. Um, probably why not beer with Vents? I think that sounds better. <laughs> yeah, Vents. Uh, yeah. yeah. Eight o'clock at night is very late. Uh, it's not the time for coffee. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Need to change. Sometimes need to change a bit, you know. Can't be yeah. just relying on coffee. But then again, thank you. Thank you so much. We'll stay connected. Thank you so much, doctors. Thank you so much, Dr. Ben. Thank you. Take thank care. You. Good night. Take care. Good night. Bye. And thank you. Sir. All right. So that was the two lovely doctors who came on board with uh, Kopi with Vans and we talk about thyroid. Uh, the month of January is, wow, it's almost done. Huh? January is always gone already by the wind. Uh, 2022, that's right. So February, it's coming up. Um, another set of uh, awareness month that we are covering. Um, interesting speakers who are coming in as well to talk about it. But uh, my greatest gratitude to Dr. Ben and Dr. Jadip. I know how doctors, we all know how doctors are uh, extremely busy. And if you look at them, um, Dr. Jadip is already, he's still in his clinic. And uh, I think Dr. Ben also looks like it is in the clinic. Um, both of them are actually having a long hours. But despite that, they all, they have spent a good 50 minutes. I mean, having a chat with doctors, I think is one of the greatest because you understand so much of things, uh, go through a lot of other individual things like the thyroids. Um, and, and what I also know, I found out that, you know, usually before a talk show, I, I go into things like, you know, imbalance, distributing the thyroid glands, or even hormone production to a varying degrees. And um, and and it, it, it just keep on going, all right? And, and also, when you talk about thyroid, you know, mood swings, if someone doesn't have that, you know, that's breathing, that's heart rate. Um, like I, I told before earlier that, you know, this is something like a symphony. Huh? It's like a musical uh, symphony is going on and the conductor is either co constantly conducting in our body and our greatest heart, if I'm pointing right, yeah, like it is happily drumming. Other functions are going on like the kidney, the lungs, the, the oxygen production, the deoxygenated, oxygenated blood. Wow, it's an amazing piece of, uh, I can't say it's an equipment. I don't know what to call that. You know, we, some call it a body, some call it it's a temple. We can call whatever we want. But if we are not taking care of ourselves within, it's very important. We are always taking care of external stuff which is also important, but we pay a lot of attention and time to the external sources rather than the internal, mentally, physically, emotionally. So I think these are the important part that we need to cover. And I, I feel that uh, 2022 is going to be a great year for all of us and a great topics are going to come in. And uh, it's been a great journey, right? Uh, over the past two years at Kopi Events, speaking with so many professionals, uh, professors and doctors like J.D. Rao and Dr. Ben, so much of information that you can actually absorb in together, um, like I always say, put it into the grinder, the juice maker, and then you just drink so much of information. And once we understand about the human performance or the, the body, the well-being of the body, then you start to take care of yourself. Like having enough hours of sleep, even what happens if you have only six hours? Your body goes under stress, your cortisol levels goes up. 
And then what happens? Then you don't function at your maximum level. You get mood swings, you get tired, you get fatigued. Everything happens, right? And it's always been uh, a deficit. It's not a deposit. We need to have eight hours of sleep. But if you're not doing that on a constantly, a constant pace, sometimes five hours, sometimes four hours, sometimes we you know stay back late to watch our favorite games or do some things or watch a movie. But then the next day, you're not covering back. Then what happens? It's a deficit, right? Um, due to that also can lead to a lot of other problems as well, right? We need to have a good eight hours of sleep. Our body also needs rest. Our kidneys, our lungs, not our heart. Once the guy take a rest, that's it. Okay, um, it's time for me to sign off. Um, as I usually, not usually, I always say that it's always been a pleasure and a great happiness with lots of great gratitude to be in the show with everyone. And I'm um, hopefully it will make some sense. And I'm hopefully thinking that these videos and these live videos with the professionals and doctors and professors, so many of these people, um, eventually it will bring out some great knowledge and information out. Till then, every Wednesday, 9 p.m., this is Vance, or you can call me Kopi with Vance. I catch you soon. Bye.